Here we go, the podcast with Pastor Cass, Necessary Conversations. What up, dope? I was getting, <laughs> what's going on, Justin? I was getting ready to call your first and last name, but I wasn't going to do it again. But it, there was, I had I to pray see. myself. Did you see, see, like, my desire, my flesh wanted to do it just because the last time exactly. you told me not to. But what's there going on, Justin? You're right. <laughs> you ain't going to be able to say my name right for two more weeks. Nope, That's nope, so good. Nope. I'm doing good, man. How about you, though? Man, I'm blessed, man. I'm blessed. Blessed to be, blessed to be here, man. Grand, grand. That's what I like to hear. All right, all right. Well, today, folks, we got a fun one for you. I promise. This conversation is going to hit home. It's going to be pointed at everybody. There will be something in this for every single listener. I promise you'll be able to share it with people like any, like maybe no episode ever. That's a good sneak peek. Now we no, really wow. got to live up to it, right? Wow, you're setting the bar really high. I, I, I just did, and I think uh, you're going to live up to it. Yeah, notice I said you. Um, <laughs> oh, so this is on me. All right. Well, we'll see. Heavy laugh the crown. That being said, folks, um, what I want to talk about today is uh, the cost of convenience. And uh, it's been said that nothing ever worth having comes to you easy. And uh, that brings the question of, like, the cost of convenience. And where I like to start with that is something worth having. For the Bible says he that find him for wife. All right now, so pastor, tell me about the lack of convenience there was, or this this thing that didn't come easy in your wife. <laughs> I promised you I'd have a curveball. Well, you know, you know what? Um, yeah, because we didn't. Because you've talked, for that. you've talked a little bit about you know the initial phases of your relationship when mm-hmm. it got serious. Yeah, but like I think that's a great example of like. I would say you find your wife to be of something of great value. Absolutely. But define, would you say that it's easy or it was easy or is easy? So, so man, you, you're going to have to make me choose my words very carefully because I, I cannot. She listens and, faithfully. She too. does. And I cannot in any way, shape or form say that my wife was easy. You know, <laughs> so, so right. I don't want to make any error by implying any such thing, right? Or what right. you know what that may imply. Yeah, exactly. Um. So here's the thing: dating and finding my wife mm-hmm. was more difficult in certain respects, but also in others mm-hmm. made easier. Sure, finding her mm-hmm. by the context of our dating and mm-hmm. by the context that we found each other before social media. Sure. So, um, the instance and in ways in which it was made easier mm-hmm. is because I had been raised to believe mm-hmm. that a good wife was comprised of very specific traits uh-huh. and characteristics because at the time, I didn't have access to social media yeah. and we had a network of churches and a community that believed the way that we did. Sure. That I did. It made identifying right where to find that Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. much easier. Like there was a place to go, a community to go to find that. Sure. It was concise. Yep. Yep. Right. But because it was a very concise pool in place, the bar, who, how, yeah. how many, like that's harder. It's not yeah. like a million 
no. women, right? Like now they get on an app and you can right. scroll through hundreds yeah. of women very easily and, 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 and swipe left or up or whatever it is. Exactly. Making a decision on very arbitrary things. Right. Right. Because you have hundreds, if not thousands Just to scroll through. Right so you can not like her eyebrows and that's it. Moving on and swipe. Right. So, uh, there was an ease that was created or a, I don't even, I don't think ease is the right word. A simplest, simple. Yeah. Um, community is a very elegant solution to a lot of our lives problem. And mm-hmm. by elegant, an elegant answer or an elegant solution is one that is by its nature, simple, concise, and lacks complex complexity. Right. So you always want to look for the most elegant Solution. It's not elegant in terms we think of it like a nice ball gown or something. No, right, we're right. talking either technology or mm-hmm. um, mechanics or solutions. Yeah. Elegant has to do with simplicity. Yeah. It's directness. Mm-hmm. And healthy community creates these very elegant solutions. Yeah. So it was more simple. Sure. Right. Not easier. But it was more simple, and it was because I was raised to believe a certain set of ethics, yep. and then I was shown a pool where those ethics were also believed, taught, mm-hmm. and reinforced. Right. Um, you know, but there wasn't an app where, yeah, you know, all of these things were listed, and I could just yes, swipe, yes, swipe, yes, swipe, yes. and we could agree that we liked each other based upon these carefully crafted public images, you know, <laughs> where we answer questions. So, you know, yeah. uh, uh, very, very different yeah. than our modern moment. Sure, sure. And by when I say hard in the fact that, like, once you two began dating and you got to the point that you were ready to become serious, you had to make certain challenges or changes to yourself and your own behaviors, I would say. Like, that you have to make that, for a lot of guys, that hard decision, yep, I'm ready. Oh yeah, yeah. I've I've talked about that. Yeah, you know, because as a part of the ethics, exactly that we that were raised that has yeah. been created. Yes, yes. The expectations yeah. of what it meant to say I'd like to date you. Yes, was you were making right. or at least implying a certain level of commitment yes. and a desire to head towards marriage sure. by the very nature of being interested. Yes. You know? Hello means a lot. There was, there's, there's no such thing as casual there. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, no, no such thing as casual. Even if you it. weren't planning on getting married immediately because my wife and I did not, mm-hmm. but it wasn't casual Nothing. at all. Right. Ever from the first date from the, that's my, that's it from the first date. It wasn't casual. It was, we are, you know, engaging with the idea that we would head in a certain direction. So, and, and because of that, you know, it wasn't incumbent upon my wife to make things very convenient or easy <laughs> yeah. for me. There you go. Right. Because it wasn't intended to be casual. So it wasn't intended to be convenient or exactly. easy, you know, and we lived an hour apart. Oh, that's right. At the that's time, right. she was in Lansing. I was in Detroit. Or when we first started dating, I was in college. Okay. Um, you know, about 25 minutes or half an hour away from her. Okay. Um, so, but yeah, she wouldn't make it real convenient. She no. wasn't driving here a whole bunch of times. No. That brother get on the road. Come on. Come right. see me. That's you know, it. and 
because of what this implies, things we do and don't do. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Things we do and don't do. Yeah, there was there was there, it wasn't about making things easy or convenient because this was supposed to be something that was lasting and 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 deep and serious. That's perfect transition and setup for exactly what our conversation will dive into now. Mm-hmm. As we discuss from a societal grand scheme now how we desire and crave the convenience of all the different things that our wonderful society has made for us. With two of the biggest culprits being Mr. Jeff Bezos and the late Steve Jobs. And we've kind of talked about them in some previous podcasts, but Mm -hmm. uh, and you've even used uh, the example of how Jeff Bezos didn't make anything. He just made it incredibly convenient for you to get everything. Yes. And I would just like to pose a question of when does easy become a bad thing? Hmm. It's so I don't think it is there is a blanket answer mm-hmm. to that. I I only think it becomes a bad thing when ease keeps you from asking questions okay. of it. Right? When and and um let's say for example because you brought up Jeff Bezos, mm-hmm. Amazon, getting a, a a package sometimes the next day that you ordered it, and because you can look at it on your phone, scroll, pick, read reviews, yeah, order, have it the next day, boom. Nothing inherently is bad about that. I believe what when that speed and ease and convenience becomes bad. And just in that particular instance is when the convenience and ease keeps you from really interrogating how much it costs, whether you really need it, Mm -hmm. you know, what it'll do to you when the speed keeps you from contemplating Mm -hmm. and thinking deeply about what you're doing Mm -hmm. is that's really, to me, the danger of speed and ease is, is it disrupts deep thinking It disrupts contemplation. It disrupts using and applying wisdom. That's when it becomes dangerous. Okay. So with that same thought, even to uh, our technology, and I mean, we're really going to be able to, there's so much technology you can talk about. Yeah. Like our cars that we take for granted, get us from A to B, the technology of that versus a horse and carriage. But I'm going to go to my particular favorite company that we can pick on, Apple. Mm-hmm. with the convenience of what our phones have given us yeah, and how it's just put everything in our pockets. And has that gone too far? The convenience of all of that. Yeah. So even, even taking a step further when you or taking a step back mm-hmm. it, and it was embedded in you're setting up these whole questions, right? When you talk about the desire, I think what's dangerous about speed and even something like, Apple and our phones and, Mm -hmm. you know, all of these different devices we have strewn across (laughs) this desk is, is the desires that it stokes. Okay. Like, I think that's the, that's a part of the inherent danger Mm -hmm. in ease and technology Mm -hmm. is it makes you want different things. It may make you want speed where you didn't expect speed before. Okay. Right. Like there are certain things you ordered, you didn't before you never thought you'd get it that fast 
mm-hmm. before Amazon uh-huh. came around. But now it it creates and even and 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 I think one of the dangerous things about our iPhones and iPads is that they're really marketing machines. <laughs> yeah. That's really what they are. They turn into it, don't they? That's it, they don't turn into it. That's what they are. Mm-hmm. That's actually their designed intent mm. is to be marketing machines to make sure as much as it's reading, <clears throat> excuse me, mm-hmm. all of your emails, right? Is reading all of your text message conversations. It's reading your internet searches. Yeah. Right. It's reading who you follow and what you like on social media. It's reading all of that. I don't know if people claim it's not listening, but hey. Well, we had a conversation about how much these devices are pulling our data. And right. Studying us. And yeah. studying us. It's designed mm-hmm. to stoke and make sure you get what you want. Mm-hmm. And even if you don't know that's what you want. Uh-huh. Based upon what it infers from your conversation, it the can show you, shows you that yeah. the answer to it. And right. it can tell you, hey, you're having this problem. This is the thing you should want. Uh-huh. And I think that's that's like that consideration is what we must Okay. Really, so, really let me jab sit back with. at that. Okay. Exactly at that. Wouldn't couldn't someone from the other side of this debate or angle say, Aren't we just raising the bar? Like we have higher expectations of things now because of this convenience. It's uh, that's the good part. Like raising the bar. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, these problems are no longer problems. You're welcome. Sure. Yeah, and and that's why that's that's a great point. And I'm certain, and because we've all been blessed by that. Mm-hmm. When you find out that there's a solution to a problem you've had and you didn't know it existed, right? Absolutely. I think. To me, and I think that the, the what's at the base of a lot of this this whole discussion is when we don't interrogate mm-hmm. what came to us okay. because of how it comes to us, the ease with which we get access to it, how fast we get it. Because is what was just advertised to me genuinely something that's going to make my life better, or did they just make me want something I'm going to have to pay for? Mm-hmm. And because a lot of those answers come to us the exact same way, mm-hmm. we 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 view them very similarly, hmm. right? Like if your child was sick and you went on this journey, you know, consulting physicians, yeah, you know, and and I've been there before, and I'm saying this as from experience, yeah, where I had a daughter, a child that was given a very very. Uh, a challenging diagnosis yeah. and I went on a hunt to find every piece of information and to find the right doctor that I could find. Mm-hmm. I mean, I worked hard. I spent money on books, I read book after book. I spent money on different types of therapists. I don't even, I don't even use Facebook, right. but I made a fake Facebook account so I could join a yeah. couple of the parent groups Mm-hmm support groups for for other families who had children with this so I could get access and find yeah solutions that I may not have been aware of before. Uh-huh. And I came across a doctor took me out of state to Nashville, Tennessee. Right. That was a breakthrough for us. Okay. So and 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 technology made this doctor in Nashville, Tennessee available to us. I would have never heard about her had it not been for mm. Facebook, for Google, yeah, you know, for sitting on my MacBook and being able to go, like I would have never found her. Not, 
so I'm I'm not I'm 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 not painting mm-hmm. this as you know inherently bad, but I have been doing the work to find it. Facebook also being the way that you can find out that there's another television that has a feature that yours doesn't have. Yeah. That makes you feel like now your TV you loved last year <laughs> can make it feel obsolete. Yeah. Can also come through Facebook. Mm-hmm. And they can both feel very similar. They came from the same. Yeah. And you can't. And, and, and because it popped, you didn't have the ability to interrogate that. Yeah. And say, do I really need or do I? If that advertisement didn't come to you, you wouldn't even have thought your television was old. Right. 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 And I think just how that has access to us, it doesn't compel us to stop and interrogate the desire. Okay. To interrogate you know, what has just been offered to us. Cause I think what's at the bottom of this whole thing is not the inherent nature of, or of evil or good of technology. Yeah. It is what it does to how we think and see, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and decide. Okay. So that actually transitioned perfect into some other questions I have about this convenience because yeah. of our desire for convenience that it's creating. Mm-hmm. And, I almost want to ask, like, so this will kind of be a layered question based on your response. But sure. Like, what does all this really say about us in that we desire this convenience now? Are we getting, like, we as humans are becoming lazier or less des- or less uh, aggressive to do work? Because, like, there's a cost, like, to get this stuff to us in two days, like Amazon does, it's there's a lot of stuff that happens on the back end mm-hmm. to make that happen where people are getting their next stepped on. Yep. Like I have a family member who works in the postal service and what the Amazon did to them. Oh man. Changed everything about their whole thing. And it, it, it was, Hey, here's the contract that's going to save our company. Mm-hmm. But guess what? You're working seven days a week now. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're desiring. So what does that say about us? Right. So there's, so there's two parts to this question. Mm-hmm. And and I I need to I need to do both. So yes, make sure I I get to both because I don't know which one I want to talk about first. There's the question of what's on the other end of our technology. Yes, yes, that we may not consider, and then the other piece of hey, what does it say about us? Yeah, that we desire mm-hmm. this technology, and I need to talk about both of those. Okay, so I'll take the second part first. Okay, because it relates to what we've been talking about. Again, how things happen and how easy it feels to us mm-hmm. and how fast it is to us right. can keep us from questioning. Like I said, the That's asking why. the questions yeah. are what's most important. Like mm-hmm. asking the questions, because I trust a lot of people to be able to come to the right answer and solution. If they just stopped and asked the question, have you considered what it takes for Amazon to get this to you this right. fast and this cheap? <laughs> how does fast yes. and cheap go together? Right. Right. Have you considered what it takes for that to actually happen? Mm-hmm. And 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 I believe the way a lot of these new technologies come to us is they're designed to keep us from considering that. Mm-hmm. You never have to see. You never have to hear about. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to know. And and that that's all. A lot of that has always been the case where they say you don't want to know how the sausage is made. Pause. <laughs> like that that's a that's a that's a saying in yes, business. Is. Yes, is don't because if you saw how your sausage right was made, you would never eat it mm-hmm. because of how gruesome and ugly the process is. Yeah. So there has always been inherent in business keeping people from seeing right behind the veil. Behind the veil. 
Absolutely. However, it is even more necessary now as new and more aggressive technologies come Mm -hmm. to us to ask the question of what's actually happening behind the curtain. Yeah. Is is me getting this in two days mm-hmm. really worth what it will put that worker through? Right. For me to get it that fast. Mm-hmm. Is me putting my local Biz- yeah, there's business a, that's a big conversation out of all this. My, my local bookseller out of business. Right. Because I want it in two days instead of I can get it today if I just drove to the store. Right down the street. Right. Like and most of us don't stop and ask that question. Mm-hmm. So Absolutely. That that to me is the real danger. Uh-huh. Is we don't stop and ask. The other part of that question of what does it say about us? Number one, when you really consider technology, technology is just a part of the human yeah. experience. This table we're sitting at is a technology. Absolutely. Right. You know, the lights yep. fire at one point. There you go. That's like the first monstrous right, exactly. invention. Exactly. It's a technological advancement. So Correct. I believe it's just built into human nature uh-huh. to engage technologies and for it to go from a discovery to something you rely upon very quickly. Yeah. It all, you know, as soon as you get the electric light bulb, it becomes something we rely upon. Right. We How don't, did we live before it? Exactly. We don't keep technologies at arm's length it's it that's never been we embrace we embrace and we make it necessary mm-hmm. that's that's what we do and have always done sure with technology so it's not a strange thing that our phones now become an extension of us yeah. it's 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 what we do you can't build a house now without electricity in it that yeah. wouldn't even be considered <laughs> so 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 that that is a part of it one of the reasons why I don't want to immediately paint yeah. our phones and our computers and, and, and even social media per se uh-huh. immediately as a negative thing yeah, or how we engage with it even. Cause that's what we've done with every technology mm-hmm. antibiotics, world changing technological advance. And now they're like, y'all taking them too much. You making, you know, bacteria that are resistant because y'all take them all the time. Yeah. 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 That's just what we do. The other part, of it, so I so that's why I'm not gonna beat kids up that are staring at their phones all day. I got the lights on all day too, <laughs> right? You know, right. I just do. The other thing though that I think is worth considering is is our Western capitalist society. Mm-hmm. This is the real challenge: is we our view of what the good life is, our hope for the future. Yes, we have tied that hope to technology. Okay. We believe technology is what's going to bring us yeah. the future that we dream of. That's why... The Jetsons. Ex- exactly. That's why whenever you ask somebody to paint their vision of the future, and when we have conquered all of humanity's ills, it is always associated with flying cars and flying zero cars. emission things. It's never yes. because we've learned to be more introspective. Because we've learned to be more empathetic, because mm-hmm. we've mastered the family and familial structure. That's not what we believe mm. will bring panacea. We believe mm-hmm. flying cars going into outer space. We've tied our hopes to the future, to technology, which is why when and it's and it's and it and technology has historically done a lot of that for us, right? I mentioned fire, electricity, mm-hmm. antibiotics. Yeah. But because we tie our hopes 
yeah. to it. And I don't think it's a mistake in our Western capitalist society that we do. Mm-hmm. Right. It's very different than an Eastern society that's millennia old. Uh-huh. What they believe about the good life, very different than what we do. Yeah. And because we attach our hopes about the future to technology, when we get a new one, we automatically embrace it like it's positive. We fail to, again, question it the way we should and interrogate it the way that we should, because this might be the thing that's going to make this future that we imagine available because technology is what's going to do it. Not a deeper spiritual life, not a revival of the Holy Ghost, flying cars. Right. Right. So so I, to to your point about how we embrace and what it says about us, the way yeah. we embrace and look for technology, it just says we've tied our hopes uh-huh. that technology is going to be what provides us the future that we dream about. OK, so um, really quickly, I have two questions mm-hmm. first, because I love the way you said it and I know what you're saying, but I you just breeze right over it. panacea. Oh, <laughs> come on. You know, I got to hold you to uh, that. Yeah. A panacea is like a, an ideal future mm-hmm. you know it's a panacea it's perfect it's a perfect place Ooh, now that almost sounds like we could preach that yes a panacea, <laughs> and i don't know if you googled it what webster's definition would say it is yes but when you say it's 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 an idyllic yes perfect place for you specifically yes it's your justin it's your panacea yeah. there we go awesome i just i had to have that be like you said <laughs> it so completely like everybody heard panacea like yeah no uh and then you, I, I wanted to go just a little bit past it, but when you were saying um, that we don't question it, when this technology comes to us and we don't question it, why do you suppose that is that we don't question it, that they've done such a good job telling us not to question it? Or is it something else that maybe in our own in, uh, selfish ways would rather not question it? No. Which I, sets up my next Yeah, question. yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't, I, again, I don't, um, like I said, I think because technology has been, so vital mm-hmm. in the development of mm-hmm. man. Yeah. When you talk about some of those more fundamental technological advances like fire and antibiotics, vaccines. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-oh. That's a whole nother conversation. Lord have mercy. That's not what I'm implying, y'all. I'm not trying to tell everybody that they got to get vaccinated. But because historically those have led to leaps in the quality of life and life expectancy of, of humanity. Mm -hmm. I think it's always one of those things where we just didn't know we turned the corner that being able to Google something isn't the same kind of technological advance as being able to light fire. Mm. And right, right, right. You know what I mean? So we didn't intentionally say we've come to the place now guys where we really need to start asking harder questions. Mm-hmm. But I also think that our marketing ability mm-hmm. grew so much that a part of marketing is to get you to imagine a better life. Mm-hmm. You do Absolutely. marketing well when the person that watches it imagines that what you're selling them is going to produce. Yes. You know, a more euphoric state, a, a panacea, a yes. great life. That's Correct. why if there's even if they're selling you a car, the commercial will have a beautiful wife, mm-hmm. pretty children, mm-hmm. a beautiful house that the car is pulling up to <laughs> yes. right on the on the street that you would love to live. Yep. Because it's trying to say this car is a vehicle to get you to this better life. Mm-hmm. So the marketing has also 
put us in it it capitalized on the human propensity yeah to believe and look for new technology yeah. that it the oh, vehicle I, oh, go ahead. you yeah. know it it's a it's a machine that's pumping at a much faster pace okay so like and I'm trying to hold off on some of these questions cuz you're like you're setting up some stuff that I I know just make sure we into. don't forget them uh, yep I got you when you talk about these human propensities mm-hmm. um but the next this is my last one and we're going to shift it just a little bit as far as like you said asking these questions so when we ask these questions somebody takes that moment to breathe and say how much did this cost and what had to happen to make this so convenient for me mm-hmm. like we discussed uh, not too long ago and you know like with wages like how do we enjoy these things but it's at the cost of these employees yeah and this or that yeah or, that uh, desperation is at the yeah. foundation of how and why we get some of the things that we get. Yeah. We found out like, uh, when we buy our Nikes that they're like, you know, treating mm-hmm. children the way they are mm-hmm. in China and this yeah. or that. At what point do we play a role in further perpetuating these issues yeah. and have to make a decision? I can't wear Nikes. Yeah. 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 Or, yeah. 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 That's a good one. And I, so, so I've actually done a little reading on this and I don't, I don't have the answer to this because sure. Technology creates this conundrum, mm. and I don't know the answer to it. Okay, it is because technology has created this world that not only does it connect us to people yeah. that we otherwise would have never been connected to. If it's not for sure. technology, there's no way that some kid in Indonesia would be making the shoes that are on my feet. Correct. It would. It would never happen. But also, I would never have to care and worry about somebody in Indonesia <laughs> either. I wouldn't have to be making ethical decisions. Wouldn't about exist in your them. mind. It, yep. it, it it just wouldn't even it wouldn't exist in my mind and it wouldn't be anything expected of me. Mm-hmm. So at 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 the same like we always have to question where is the boundary f- for my ethical yeah expectations. Mm-hmm. Like one of the things that makes God God is the whole world is the boundary of His ethical expectations. Sure, and He can love the whole world. Yep, and He can give His Son who can die for the whole world. But that's God and his son. I I would have a delusion if I could think. <laughs> you would you would believe me to yeah. be delusional if I thought I could rescue, save yeah. the whole world. Right. That's reserved for the Son of God. All of us have this boundary, this place where we like one of the the, the questions, it's an ethical question, right? That if you saw you rode past a, 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 a lake and there's a child or someone drowning uh-huh. right there in front of you. Yep. Do you take off your coat and your jacket and your nice shoes before you dive in? Or do you even dive in? Mm. Like, is it, and is, or is it worth ruining your nice clothes to save this person that's drowning mm-hmm. right in front of you? Right. Like that but, you don't know that you don't know. It's a stranger, Yep. but they're right in front of you. Right. Do you ruin your, your suit and your shoes to dive in to save this person? Mm hmm. Most people would probably, yep, I'm going to ruin this suit yeah. by diving in and saving this stranger that I don't know. Sure. Does somebody drowning or struggling halfway around the world, do you owe them that same kind of ethical commitment mm. to ruin you, what you have, your life, to rescue them? Like, do you have, like, the person right in front of you most people would agree you have an ethical commitment on to that spot. person. Uh-huh. You would be a bad person to walk away 
because you didn't want to ruin your shoes yeah. to a human being drowning in front of you. Do you have that same? That's the question. And I'm not saying I have the answer to it, right. but that's one of those philosophical, you so know, when a tree we, falls in the forest. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's the, it's, yeah. it's the answer or uh -huh. it's the question at the bottom of yours about when do I yeah. have to stop wearing my Jordans? We're, right, right. The question is, when is the boundary of my ethical commitment? Where is it? And technology in one respect has stretched it because, hey, some people would argue that boy in that Nike factory in Indonesia is like the person drowning in the lake in front of you because right. the, the shoes thing. came right from their hands to your feet. Right. So you have a connection yeah, if you're not them. buying that shoe, he doesn't have to do that. He doesn't have to do that. Right. Right, so that's a part of the question. The other piece is, though, do you know everything that comes to your hand and to your plate and to your table? Yeah. Do you know where it the root started it. from? Right. right. And I, So I'm not, I, I don't know. There are certain things that I have heard about either the people that own, founded, started a company, yeah. or about the way it's produced that I've said I can't. See, yeah, and that's what I was going to say. I know I've made more decisions about yeah, absolutely. certain companies where absolutely. I stop supporting absolutely. or start supporting. Absolutely, absolutely, so, but I don't know where the... Where, okay. I don't know where the exact line is. All right, all right. I, I like that answer, though, even though it's not the direct answer. I, I, I like I, but that I know answer. it exists, and I know that, the, you know, again, because at times I've done it, but I don't know where the blanket line is. I'd be okay. lying. That's why I went down that kind of mm -hmm. abstract philosophical reasoning, but that, that's a real... That's Philip, when people who study ethics, that example of someone drowning right in front, that's a stock question yeah. in mm -hmm. ethics discussions. Yeah. So I didn't just make that up off the top of my head. Okay. So if you were to study ethics in a co college course, because there's people yeah. who study ethics. Sure. Those are the kinds of questions that are posed philosophically for yeah. us to interrogate our ethics. Yeah. Same kind of they they ask the same kind of questions as two people are tied to a train track and a train is coming. Yeah. And one is your mother. And like, how do you make that decision? Sometimes you have yeah. to pose those abstract questions so we can genuinely interrogate our ethics. Because mm -hmm. if I wait until I'm standing in front of somebody drowning. Right. Or if I wait until I see it. You won't have interrogated your ethics well enough. So that's why you ask some of those abstract questions that yeah. you're like, what does it have to do with anything? It's so we can objectively, right. without feeling or emotion, interrogate our ethics and decide and come to an answer of what's the right And start right to begin thing. to shape our ethics. Yes, absolutely. Which is one of the whole points of this whole thing we do. Yes, ethics, right? Absolutely. The base of it. Because where do ethics come from? All right. That's why we're here. Mm -hmm. So... On to this point of this conversation, like we talked about uh, with our own ethics and our ethics being believers, I would stand to say are going to just be that much higher because our ethics come from the one who created ethics. Mm -hmm. And in this sense of spirituality and believing, you know, what does the Bible say about convenience while we're on the convenient topic? And I'll kind of piggyback off of that but just kind of get you started onto that role. What does the Bible say? Well, you're going to take me to, to, to my big clothes. If we're going to go okay. to the scriptures, we can, we're, we're going to, we're going to go into the faith side of this convenient conversation at this point. Mm -hmm. And I, and, and uh, if you want to hold off onto what the Bible says directly about it, yeah. Um, that's okay. Cause you, you also had mentioned um, how certain things are point to our propensities mm -hmm. and, these propensities come from, I would imagine, our fallen nature. Sometimes. Okay. Not always. Like a desire for a wife and a desire for a mate mm -hmm. isn't 
a part of our fallen nature, but a lot of dating apps and, and things of that nature uh-huh. are designed to, t- to take advantage of that, you okay. know, or our hunger to eat. Right. You know, that's not that. So we have these propensities and desires and, and things that we tend to do. Mm-hmm. Many of them do See, come from our fallen nature and, but not all of them. We'll have to tap that one for off the record. I literally have to get that Why? One. Keep it on the record, brother. Well, it's it's because it's going to fall into like an off-topic biblical conversation. Mm-hmm. But like, I, I, I don't know if hunger was designed until, I don't believe hunger was a thing until our fall. Like, I, I, I'm not saying I don't think uh, Adam and Eve ate, but I don't think they were ever hungry mm-hmm. until they, you know. So what you have to get to is what hunger actually is. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's what we get confused. Uh-huh. So I believe they were hungry. Uh-huh. Hungry in its physiological sense of indicators and cues that you need to refuel your something uh-huh. at its base. It's not it's not the same as a a, a desire. It uh-huh. is an it's it's an indicator. Mm-hmm. And I do believe if if God designed us to to eat and drink or breathe oxygen, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like you mm-hmm. have to have these cues to say, get more of it. But they're on autopilot, per se, the way breathing is. I just feel, mm-hmm. I, you know, because like hunger from a physiological standpoint is basically part again of our body decaying. Mm-hmm. Like our body is ultimately from the moment we start breathing. Yeah working towards its end and the hunger is just all part of the cycle. And I think that's from the fact that it is not in its ideal state. Okay. I see what you're saying. So that's why I think Mm -hmm. actual eating in itself is in a root of our fallen nature. And that's part of like why we won't be as well. What I do know, what I do know, and I think it's a good philosophical question though, is in the creation story Mm -hmm. before they fallen, they could eat. Everything right. that was in the garden. So they were eating. Before, they were so eating. I, I, that's the part. Of they it. were eating. Yes. So what God and why they were eating. I think that's worth discussing because it could actually be just it was really convenient for them to eat too. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, so we know they were eating and eating was a part of mm-hmm. man before the fall. Mm-hmm. Were they eating because they needed it to live or were they eating it because it's an enjoyable experience? Right. Right. It might have just been because it was an enjoyable experience. Because a good is, meal is day. a very enjoyable experience. So, yeah. you know, is that a desire? Is that a hunger? You know, I think that's worth. Yeah. So, that, that you know, like I said, sorry, that got a little bit into a biblical mm-hmm. philosophical debate or uh, conversation, at least. But, you know, because what I want to say about this convenience thing is that it costs to be a Christian. Mm-hmm. It costs to be a believer. There are certain things that no longer can be convenient and had if you're going to indeed put, you know, follow Jesus as mm-hmm. he said many a time. And just, I want to talk about the, some of those costs of convenience versus Christianity. Cause I, I would say it's not convenient being a Christian all the time. Just really, really simply mm-hmm. a lot of stuff that we, the way we would operate, just operating in this world, hmm. we, inconvenience ourselves to stay in the faith hmm. i don't know okay i don't know it's and it's just because i think you enjoy it so much and we enjoy it so much as christians we don't see it as a inconvenience because we just enjoy it 
But like, no, there are times where it feels inconvenient. Mm-hmm. It, there are many times where it feels very inconvenient. Sometimes mm-hmm. it feel it to not lie mm-hmm. can feel very inconvenient. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. Absolutely. Um, or to not steal mm-hmm. can feel very inconvenient. But I, I'm only questioning, and because this this conversation very different than we yeah. imagined it has taken on this very philosophical uh-huh. tent. Is if what it's disrupting is inherently bad, is that really an inconvenience? So say that again. Like if if being a Christian or being a saint, mm-hmm. it's disrupting a lie that feels convenient in the moment. Uh-huh. Is that really an inconvenience? Because it didn't let you go down what felt like a shorter road, but it's a road to destruction. That's not an inconvenience. That's actually putting you on the right path. Do you see what I'm? Do you see what I'm saying? Yes, but like so, and that's just me really chewing on the idea yeah. of inconvenience. Like if what it's pointing me like to is a I, longer road, but the shorter road actually leads to destruction. Destruction. You didn't inconvenience me by putting me on the longer road that leads to where I want to go. So I, I see where you're going with that, and I'm not going to try to out spiritually debate the pastor. No, no, but I just what, I'm, I'm, that's that isn't me is like having a spiritual debate. That's yeah, just me it's, considering what it really means for something to be convenient. So, like for instance, we, we'll talk about something like cheating on your taxes. Mm-hmm. That would be convenient to not have to pay as much in taxes, right? No, to save yourself a couple dollars. That's not. And just do it every year, and you never get caught. It's not really. So okay. this this is this is actually what I'm what I'm what I'm attempting to do here. Uh-huh. Saints is not sound deep, even though I have given up the or I'm working on giving up the reflex to try to claim I'm not being deep because <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that when we're probing deep subjects in the things of God. So, Absolutely. But I'm not asking this. What I'm doing is attempting to model what I've been talking about. Mm-hmm. That interrogation is how you really get to yeah. asking the questions of things mm-hmm. is how you get to where you want to be. Okay. So for instance, it feels like it would be convenient to cheat on your taxes. Well, okay. Sure. Let's stop and ask some questions of that. Okay. Okay. Yes. It feels convenient because you would keep more money in your pocket. Right. In that moment. Mm-hmm. But let's stop and ask the question of why do we pay taxes? What do those taxes do? What mm-hmm. happens when the government gets less of the money that we were intended mm-hmm. to give? Then what is the impact of that? And all of us are impacted by where our taxes go. Like it's not a victimless crime. Mm-hmm. There are so it it may feel convenient of you keeping more money in your pocket, right? But actually, there is an impact to you mm-hmm. when the government isn't funded properly. You know, so it, it, it feels convenient. But is that really a convenience when your roads are crumbling, your police are uh, 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 not funded appropriately, your schools uh-huh. can't hire teachers or buy new textbooks? Now, the problem but is see, most of us the don't stop. Christianity. I think that's the whole crux of Christianity. No, 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 no. In this big view. But from my own selfish point of view, that's those problems are going to exist anyway. No, that's why I'm challenging the notion of Christianity being an inconvenience mm-hmm. when it's not inconveniencing you it's trying to make sure in our example here that your kids can have new textbooks and mm-hmm. and enough teachers right like paying your because 
to say paying taxes is inconvenient. Mm-hmm. Well, it feels that way until you dial 911 and there's a fire truck to come put mm-hmm. the fire out at your home. But if I pay my taxes or not, that's still going to happen. It's not. That's that's the whole if problem. I, that's the whole problem with our society right now. Uh-huh. Is that everybody thinks that they don't impact the whole. Yeah. But none of us get to say I and remove ourselves from the whole. You not paying your taxes is directly correlated to whether or not our kids' schools are funded appropriately, mm-hmm. whether our fire department can work, whether our city services can work, whether our, our 696 won't flood the next time it's a big <laughs> rain. All of us, like that's all of us. There yes. is no I that gets removed from that us. But most of us don't stop and consider. That's what I'm what I'm trying to just display is, is you have to stop and consider what's behind your immediate decision. Uh-huh. That what you consider convenient has far more reaching implications if you just stopped and asked the questions of it. Mm-hmm. And what would actually probably happen if we stopped and started asking the questions of mm-hmm. whether you paid or didn't pay, it would lead to proper engagement with your community. Now you would care who your city council person is. Now you would care what's happening at the zoning meetings that most of us never even consider. Mm-hmm. Now you would care who your mayor is. Now you would cons- care who your senator and congressman is because now if I'm going to pay, right, I need you to do with it what is the right thing for you to do with it. Mm-hmm. Because most of us don't consider ourselves as the part of the whole, even if we are paying. Mm-hmm. And and to be quite honest, most of us, our biggest goal is to pay the least amount of taxes I mean, every year. That's true. That's everybody's goal when they sit down at the table. Yep. And we mad when the kids' school ain't going, isn't, isn't. Mm-hmm. Then they also making you pay a, a, a fee when your kid want to play whatever. football, whatever sport. You're yeah. like, oh, how come? I'm paying all this in taxes. When all however many hundred millions of us sits down at the tax table every year and say, how can I pay the least amount? Mm-hmm. But we don't ask the question of what's on the other end of that. All I'm saying, and I'm questioning the notion, and we'll get back to it because I get what you're saying about mm-hmm. Christianity being inconvenient. Yep. But I want us, I just want to use it as an example of most people would say, yeah, Christianity is inconvenient. And we would move on with the conversation mm-hmm. as opposed to stopping and asking the question but I of think, what's in front of you. And I think that answer actually comes right back to the whole point of it still was a cost of convenience because we all want to avoid those taxes for convenience and it ended up costing us roads. It, it costs us and the convenience is immediate. Yeah. Cause it, because it is there's an context to our question. There's an immediacy. Yeah. I can buy something that otherwise I wouldn't be able to buy yep. if I don't pay today. Right. Whereas my taxes might not fund something. I might not feel it. I might not see it. You might not have a kid that even goes to school. Right. But guess what? You might not feel the immediate impact of that. And there's people, why don't people who have kids have to, because that your doctor is getting ready to get educated in that school. So yes, pay for it. <laughs> right. The civil right. engineer that's getting ready to design the, the structure of the house you're going to live in is getting educated in that school. So yes, pay for it. Right. Right. So, but the immediacy, what, com- what, if you can get yeah. something fast, right. It can make you not ask the good questions of what comes after. Right, right, right. That's why I think, you know, it, it's necessary to stop and ask those questions. A lot of people would ask what makes a good preacher or, or is is you ask good questions of the text. Uh-huh. Like that's one of the, the uh, to be quite honest with you, if there's like a secret mm-hmm. I could give about preaching. Okay. It's 
and there's different types, but one of the things that makes one of the things, because some people it's, it's clarity and communication, right? It's yeah. organization of their thoughts. But also one of the things that can make for a great preacher is they ask good questions of the text where mm. everybody else just assumes they stop and go, wait, why? Mm. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Why? Why, why does it matter that Eve said that? And then it opens up this door to this whole other world. Mm-hmm. You know, why did God put the ark behind a, behind a curtain initially? Mm-hmm. Why? See, and I feel like that's a lot of times where you have, uh, and again, this is getting off, but like unbelievers are the ones who ask the questions, it seems. They ask dumb questions and uneducated questions, and they don't have the accurate resources to get them answered appropriately. But you're mm-hmm. right. Yeah. Asking questions is why a lot of people end up leaving the faith. Right, right. So I, I, I find, and I just find that to be an interesting dynamic mm-hmm. that it can make for yet the best of preachers, yet someone to leave the the faith completely. Yeah, that's yeah. interesting when you because say it that we way. don't, and and that's why I think the conversations like this are necessary is because we don't regularly, and it's hard because it's not easy as a leader. It's actually counterintuitive as a leader. We don't, we don't encourage the mm-hmm. average believer or the lay member as they would call them to ask questions. Yeah. Right. Because it's harder to lead people <laughs> and get them to do what you want them to do. You have five when kids. Ask when they're all asking questions, how difficult does that Man. get at the same or, time? No, no, or I, it's not even the, the, it's like I have one of my children mm-hmm. who's like me inherently okay. that just because daddy said it doesn't automatically mean it's right. Mm. Mm-hmm. I got some, they won't even dare question mm-hmm. what I said. And I got others that'll go time out just because daddy said it doesn't make it right. You have to convince me that that's the right way to do this. Huh. Yeah. Against all the other ways to do it. Against the way I, <laughs> I think I it. should do it. Yeah. Right. Like they're willing to go time out. Let's ask the question of this. Mm-hmm. So imagine you got a, a, a congregation of a thousand. Right. And you say, hey, y'all, we getting ready to do this building fund. And a thousand people go time out right. or not even building fund. I preach this about the text. Yeah. And do you have a thousand people that go time out? Is that really true about the scriptures? Right. Is that really what God said? Right. And is that really the way I should order my life? Should I not do that? Really? Mm-hmm. You know, and that that's that's a much more painstaking mm-hmm. task. But at the same time, you're saying that's actually the goal. That's the goal. That's what should happen. And that's why a lot of people end up leaving the faith when they have questions because it feels like nobody's asked asked them because the vast majority of the people that are around them that are pro- professing to be Christians haven't asked them. Mm-hmm. When the reality is those of us who either stand in the pulpit are trained, you're not the first person that asked that question. Many people have asked that question. There's an answer to it. Yes. But unfortunately, most lay people aren't encouraged to ask questions of the text to ask questions of our religion, to ask questions of our faith. I tell people all the time, God is not afraid of our questions. You actually get more of him when you ask questions. Mm-hmm. You get, you get revelate, you get re- revelation comes mm-hmm. when you have a question. Right, right. And, mo- and, and, but it may make it hard for the natural leader. So yeah. the natural leader pr- tells the lay member, just be obedient. Do what I Follow. said. Now, yeah. now, children, y'all, y'all listen to me now. You're right. Y'all, y'all do what I done told you now, children. You're right, right. Because it's easier. Yeah. But the reality is, most people are sheep. They don't ask questions anywhere. 
Right. Not I just mean, church. That that is who we are as, as human beings. We mm-hmm. are sheep. Yes. Absolutely. Um, so man, that was good. I I gotta ask this question. I hate that because I want to get to this other thing to set you up for them, but I gotta ask this then, just as a as this is what we do on our podcast. Sure. When you start talking about questions and things like that, because mm-hmm. uh, I will find it rather inconvenient for the wrong question. There's a quick tie back to the conversation. <laughs> what would you say off the top of your head, just first thing that comes to mind, without going into anything too personal, was one of the most challenging questions you've had posed to you as a pastor? Hmm. So not a situation like COVID created a situation, yeah. but a direct question from a member. Because obviously you know your scripture. So answering scriptural stuff, I would assume, is easy. But like a question where somebody was questioning and you had to. Uh, so I'll, I'll say, and it's it's a question slash situation mm-hmm. where uh, the first person I've ever had, well, a young person that had come out to me okay. as being gay. Okay. And like pastor. What do I do? Okay. How 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 do I reconcile this? Okay. How do I how do I manage? How do I live with this? What does this say about me? What does it say about God? What you know? And and um, there's a difference between this is what the Bible says, yeah, and then how to implement that, yeah, in someone's life. And one of the things he said to me is, I. I, I the one thing I'm going to ask is I don't want to act like it's not there. Mm -hmm. I don't want to try to construct a life Mm. that Mm -hmm. is predicated on me acting like this isn't Mm -hmm. there. I don't want to do that. Mm. Like I don't, I don't think that that's honest and I've done that to a degree and it's been one of the more unhealthy things that I've done. So what do I, what do I do with that? I'm like, well, (laughs) the only thing that I could promise them is I don't have every answer for every crossroad they come to, but we can walk through this together. Like that was, that was one of the more challenging uh, things. I don't know. Cause I don't know if anybody's asked harder questions of me than I've asked of God. Okay. You know, yeah, yeah. Uh to be honest, there are some things in the Bible yeah. that are challenging to reconcile. Uh-huh. Like it, it appears Jesus misquotes a scripture. <laughs> okay. You know, um, there are some things in the Bible that are hard to say, how does God do this and still remain a good God? Yeah. You know, there are some things in the scriptures that are challenging. Right. Uh uh, you know, you gotta kill every man, woman. Right. child right, right animal right. talk to me about that how is that okay yeah when i was saying scripturally that i, I would have been okay with i meant like somebody just asked you to interpret scripture that's just like this is what the bible means mm-hmm. I, I was meaning more something like that even someone challenging the scriptures like how does god do this and still be a good god yeah how does god do this and still be a good god yeah, i get yeah. difficult ones when people are in very challenging marriages and they come to me and go what do i do mm. do i stay yeah. do i leave what's the you know the, yeah. the, you know yeah yeah so that talk about inconvenient situation that's a cost of convenience we could talk about staying in a marriage right uh for someone in those situations but let me go ahead and bring it back on over to us what does the bible say about all this that we have been you know rapping about here for the last hour or so yeah convenience convenience so one of the things that again i, I 
why I took a little bit of a um a little bit of a roundabout to this discussion because I didn't want to reduce it, be reductionist and just talk about Facebook or Instagram, even though I have very strong opinions mm-hmm. um, on those things. Uh, and I re- and I remember when MySpace and Facebook and I can't I might have been MySpace was big. Yeah. And Facebook was just coming on the scene was kind of when I first started preaching. OK. And I preached heavily against it mm-hmm. at the time. And I remember, and it's one of the reasons to this day I don't have a Facebook <laughs> account. It's because at that time I'm like, yeah. man, that's that's the, that's that's you on you on record against that. I'm tough. on record, yeah. And now it's like, man, I'm I'm I don't I don't I'm okay without it. Sure, I'm, I don't necessarily not have a Facebook because I've got some ethical stance against it at yeah. this point. But like, I never I didn't have it early, so now I'm just like. Right. I'm not looking for anything else to add to my life, so why create a <laughs> Facebook account? Yep. But I remember at the time, people had a very visceral reaction to mm-hmm. that. Like, that was one thing out of many, but one of the things probably most I got challenged about mm-hmm. most, like, after I got done preaching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would have people come and challenge me on why is that biblical to preach against? Yeah. You know, social media, like show me, and that might fall into the category of one of the difficult questions at the time. Yeah. But here, here, one of the things that I recall at the time, going your access, how easily you are able to access something that is not good for you or not intended to you, just immediately struck me mm-hmm. as potentially harmful. Whether it's immediately being able to click on a a woman's page mm-hmm. that's that's half naked or Somebody you sh- have no business talking to. Now, right, this right. was, you know, over 15, years 16 point. years ago. Yeah. At this point. Now, in 2020 or 2019, I can't remember when the study is done, they'll tell you, and everybody shouted me down. Like, I had to back <laughs> off that. I had to back off that. <laughs> okay. Brother, this can be a tool sure. for sharing the gospel. Can it be? Sure, it is. Right, right. But now we know, 15 years later, studies show that one in three divorces. Mm. happen because of something related to social media. Really? One in three divorces Shut happen because of something social media related. Wow. I yes. didn't know that. One in three. One in three mm. happen because of something social media related. And that doesn't even get into how many are also associated with pornography and what happens because right. of our ease of access to it. To that. Right. Right. And it's because now you, you, it's easy to talk to other women. It's, it's, and you read about it. They'll talk about it's because they've been direct messaging someone inappropriately, you know, mm-hmm. having conversations with an ex that when right. you broke up with somebody before they were out of your life, they're gone. Gone. Now, they still Easy right to there. Come pop up and find them. And I don't care if they're an old high school flame. We're talking about people you remember from, mm-hmm. you know, you 40 now and you're direct messaging your girlfriend from 1998. Mm-hmm. Like that's like those are the sorts of things. And it's the ease of the access. 15, 16 years ago, mm-hmm. I was talking about it. Now I wish I could go and have some conversations with some folks that told me <laughs> I needed to cut it out. But I said that to say is biblically and scripturally, right. yeah. social media isn't necessarily wrong mm-hmm. 
But one of the things that is the hallmark of the Christian faith, I want to read it. It is Ephesians chapter number five. Okay. Um, let me let me let me pull this up here. Yep. Read. <laughs> <laughs> Ephesians chapter number five, verse uh, fifteen says, "See then that ye walk circumspectly." Okay. Not as fools, but as wise. Listen, Justin, redeeming the time <laughs> because the days are evil. evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Yeah. And be not drunk with wine wherein, wherein is access, but be filled with the spirit. Yep. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and making melody in your heart to the Lord. L- let me giving thanks always for all things God unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse twenty one. Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. This is how messages. Hold on, read verse twenty two. Verse twenty two. <laughs> cut out. Cut it out, Justin <laughs> Tremaine. If you're listening, Justin wanted me to read verse twenty two. It says, "Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you unto have the Lord." No idea how funny that's going to be because we were just having a a conversation with a group of us, and we were in this scripture mm-hmm. talking about something else. But I, I intentionally, for the joke of the room, was like, "Hold on, wait. What about twenty two? Yeah. Well, I'm number one. I'm glad you were in a group of people talking scripture. That's amazing to me. But Tremaine, <laughs> I was stopping at verse twenty one. Justin felt the need. Oh um, man, and honey, so much uh, If you're listening to this, I was not intending to make this about <laughs> twenty one. Says submit yourselves 21. one to another. One to another. Here is the thing. All right. Verse 15 says, see that you walk circumspectly. Mm-hmm. The word that's always been one of my most careful or, or favorite verses. OK. Is because one of the uh, identifiers mm-hmm. of the Christian life. And again, this goes to our whole conversation about inconvenience is Christians are supposed to walk carefully. Mm-hmm. Circumspectly, there is like you consider mm-hmm. every step. Right. To, you know, it's, it's it's like if you're walking through, Christians are supposed to be people that walk through a field and they know there's landmines everywhere Yeah, and everybody else doesn't. Uh, if you uh, were to picture two people walking through the same field, one person knew that there's unmarked landmines here and the other person didn't, they would be walking through that field very, very differently. Different. Yeah. And one of the things that is supposed to separate and identify the Christian is we're all walking through the same field. Yeah. The world is walking through it unaware that there's mines that buried there. Right. And the saint is walking through it so aware that there are mines yeah. buried here. How different the walk through the same field would look in the natural instance, our walking in this life yeah. should be that different. Yeah. You yeah. see that picture I, yeah. of how one person would be stepping very carefully. And, and especially when you read the scriptures and you become acquainted with, you've asked good questions of the scriptures mm-hmm. and you, you become very aware of what your flesh does. Right, right. You right. now know where the landmines are. Yeah. So now your steps may be very different because you're going to step they're way there. Come on, Watson. <laughs> Don't make me preach here. All right, now go ahead. Steps of a good man are ordered. He's a lamp unto your feet, mm. a light unto your pathway. Now, but but what that means is I might not be walking in the same straight line as everybody because if I keep going there, there's a landmine there. So I take a giant step to the right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
where the other person is like, oh, 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 oh. now that's why I challenge the idea of is that an inconvenient step? Because mm. I had to take a giant step to the right. Mm -hmm. It's a circumspect step, but it keeps me alive. It leads me to peace. It leads me to joy. To categorize that as an inconvenient step is a misnomer. Yeah. It might feel inconvenient to have to take that giant step to the right, but it's the right step. Mm. The person that's running through the minefield in a straight line, yeah. reckless and unabandoned, may think they're going to get to the other side of the field sooner. Mm-hmm. You might call the other, you only call that an inconvenient journey if you don't know there's landmines there. Mm-hmm. But as saints, we are to walk circumspectly. It's carefulness. It's consideration. That's why I wanted to premise this whole conversation on asking good questions is because one of the things that technology does is this it, it can stop us from considering and asking the questions of things when you have to drive all the way across town mm -hmm. when you have to spend it is it's one of those things and we just talked about a little bit before the podcast right financial planners are people that are trying to get you to save your money they'll tell you to spend physical cash right Right. Because you think about the purchase when the money is actually leaving your hand. Right. Much right. different when you're just swiping the card and you can't see yep. your account balance going down at the same time you're swiping the card. Absolutely. So a lot of the conveniences are designed to make us think about it less. Yeah. And that is anti being spiritual. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's why a, a good saint asks good questions and considers. Yeah. Because that's the difference between the wise and the unwise. The wise considers or and the unwise doesn't. And right. this is the challenge that all of us have. This is about habits and patterns versus careful consideration. Huh. Habits and patterns versus very careful consideration. Okay. The unwise live according to habits yeah. and easy patterns. Uh -huh. And the wise, the successful, the prudent lives according to careful consideration. And technologies a lot of times lend themselves to habits. Sure. You just do it unquestioningly. Yeah. And that that is not conducive to a Christian, successful Christian life. Mm. It is an unwise way of living to fall into patterns and habits that you haven't questioned very carefully. Now, are there certain habits and patterns that are good? Yes. But mm -hmm. normally those come through careful consideration and intentionality. Right, you don't right. fall into just reading your Bible every morning and praying every morning. You have to have decided that yeah. this is the appropriate and necessary thing to do. And you got to move other stuff around in order to be able to do it. To but certain technologies habits. create yeah. habits that you get unintentionally. Mm. He says, Walk careful, redeeming the time, redeeming being considered. Now, I don't, I don't want to, um, I don't want to take that scripture out of context because it's very easy. Sure, but it says making best use, yeah, of your time, yeah, and it's because the days are evil, right? It says so. You walk carefully, really considering how you use your time, because the days are evil. If we were just talking about lighting a fire, mm-hmm. This is a different consideration. But in these last days, the days are so evil. That's why you have to really consider any and everything that comes to you because yeah. the days are so evil. Right. You got to ask right. good questions of it and technology and our view of technology as this is what's going to take us yeah. to the panacea, panacea that we talked about. Yes. As opposed to walking circumspectly. Oh man. And that was... understanding what is the will of God. Mm -hmm. 
Like those are actually the things that will take us to this panacea, this state of of living that we're looking for. But you can think it's technology that's going to do it. And I'll, that, so that's why that's my whole thing is, is, is yeah. are you asking the right questions of things? Because a wise person walks circumspectly. And then that's why it talks about not being drunk, because you will lose your ability to ask yeah, and yeah, judge yeah. well. Right, right. Absolutely. That's that's why it, you don't want to get drunk because you, you, you can't. mind good decisions. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. So l- l- let me let me stop. I'll keep preaching. Oh, no, that's okay, because I, I you did a great job alluding back to a few uh, our podcasts we did right before the break with the choices we make mm-hmm. and how we set ourselves up because, like, how we go on autopilot and I use our podcast to discuss some things with guys at work, like this 35,000 decisions a day that we make. Mm-hmm. And, well, this person you're just saying who walks circumspectively, their decisions go up because... They can't run on autopilot as much. No, so that's, no, that's, that's how you remain spiritual. Yeah, yeah. The, that's why the Bible says a spiritual man judges all things. Yeah, yeah. It's a spiritual practice. Everything. Yep. Well. It is a spiritual practice to discern because the word judge there isn't condemns all things. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> you know, right. It doesn't send everything to hell. It doesn't punish <laughs> all things. Yes. It discerns and determines. What is good and what is bad. Right, right. About everything. So if a new technology comes to you, you have to stop and ask the question. You can't automatically assume mm-hmm. it's good. Yeah, yeah. I don't automatically assume, like a that, that like cameras and streaming church. I can't just because we can doesn't automatically make me assume it's gonna cause us to build a stronger and a better church. You yeah. gotta stop and ask questions about it. Right. And that's part of the whole com- like we're talking about with this conversation of the spirituality and the convenience of this new church we're in now. Absolutely. With streaming and live casting, podcasting, the access and convenience of it, is there a cost to that? Like making church too easy. Yeah, one of the things that I always say about it is the ease, the convenience of it. It belies and it can undermine genuine commitment. Because mm-hmm. you can think you have you're committed. Yeah. Because you logged on every day. But there's certain things, and I believe why inherent and in spiritual practice calls for sacrifice because it confirms and ingrains what it means to genuinely be committed. Yeah. Like sacrifice is always involved in worship. Right. Because it is necessary. Yeah. As it pertains to commitment and how and where you prioritize God. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. a lot of the ways we're doing things that it doesn't ingrain and, and produce a kind of sacrifice that is necessary yeah. for worship. Right. right. And then the other part of it that I believe social media technology does this to, to, to everything, not just church mm-hmm. is technology disrupts the communities. Mm Mm-hmm. And we started off the conversation talking about community. Absolutely. Right? Right? It disrupts the communities that support mm-hmm. our ethics. I think mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. so underrated and however you feel about it is how you feel about it. One of the things that's really underrated and we when we talk about how quickly the 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 sentiment in this country changed when we talk about gay marriage and gay rights. Yeah. One of the things that I think is really, really underrated in that discussion is when people found the larger community online mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because because being gay is such a you know you talk about four or five percent on the high end of right percentage wise percentage wise yep 
it was difficult to find that community. Sure. To then say, okay, this is the way I should live because most of the community around me tells me right. there's a different way. And when you're the only one, it's very difficult to say this is how everybody or this is the right way to live yeah. when you're alone. But one of the things that technology does is it disrupts your immediate community mm-hmm. and it puts you in contact with a larger community. And you can yeah. have a million followers that say, I'm that way too. Where before technology, you might have not have met a single one of those million people. Mm-hmm. And I think that that drastically changed the conversation and trajectory yeah. of that debate because it disrupted immediate and local communities and put the conversation in this context and gave momentum in a very different way. But it disrupts. So so you can watch a pastor online yeah. and lack the community that either encourages, supports, or models the things that the pastor is preaching and teaching yeah. and lack the community that holds you accountable to doing right. what you say you're going to do. Oh, yeah. You know, it disrupts so many things about community that I think that's one of the things we have to be careful of and why we're doing some of the things we're doing here at LAM in this moment yeah. is because I don't think we'll ever be able to cut the cameras off. That just means, and we've asked enough questions to say, okay, that means, therefore, we need to be that much more intentional about creating community. Yeah, right, right, right. Okay, well, I mean... I'm out of like official formal questions. Uh, I could go again all day, but I do want to just have you give us again, a good summarize of all of this with your spiritual takeaway. Um, and I know you've hinted at it already, but I like, I always like for you to just finish it plain and simple and then we'll wrap it up. Well, well, I hopefully, and if not, you've gotten my, my, my underlying desire of circumspect. Yes. Like absolutely. that's, that's, the heart of a Christian and even for every technology, there is an article I read and I didn't even get to uh, allude to most of it mm-hmm. um, here in this conversation, but it was, it says it has been as impactful on me mm. with it regards to technology as, 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 as anything just recently I read it. And that's why yep. when Justin brought this conversation up, I'm like, Oh dude, we got to have it. <laughs> Cause I've just been right. going down this rabbit hole of, uh, and, and I can't even, I don't even know if I can pronounce his name correctly. Okay. He goes by L.M. Sacasis. Uh, uh, okay. His, he's got a newsletter. It's called The Convivial Society. Don't ask me what convivial mean, oh, means, that was, but that's what it's called. But he, one of the things he writes is there is a, a, there is a movement around the ethics in technology. Okay. And many of the people that design some of our most used technologies, when we talk about our phones and social medias, media, they question the ethics behind them. And most of them won't let their, ch- their children use them uh, nor use them themselves. Like huh. that's how strongly they feel Interesting. They are, uh, th- that they have a negative impact on society. So Mark Zuckerberg doesn't let his kids use Facebook. I, I, I don't if, even think he has kids. Right. But I was just using but that. That, that would be the example. Mark yeah. Zuckerberg does yeah. Facebook and then says, yeah, but my kids can't be on there. Like right. many of our largest huh. internet platforms and things we use the people that founded them hmm. either don't use them anymore and, or, and definitely don't let their children use them. That's heavy. So there is a serious movement around the ethics of our technology. And it's almost kind of like ask doing it in reverse. It's out there in the world. And now they're saying, well, we need to consider what this is going to do to us. Right. And it's doing bad things to us. Now, there's this article. He wrote it, I think, in 2017, but he just put out, put it out again. The questions concerning technology. And he has 41 questions. 
that all of us should ask ourselves. 41. 41. Okay. That all of us should ask ourselves about any and every technology that comes into our lives. Oh, about all of them. Okay. All of them. You want to talk about circumspect? All of them. Mm. All of them. And what I, and I think it's necessary because now you might not have enough time to ask 41 questions of everything, but it puts <laughs> yeah. you in, when you start reading them, mm-hmm. it puts you in the mind frame of what we should all be considering. Mm-hmm. It just, it's a good blueprint of what it looks like to walk circumspect and consider, right? you know, right. like, cause I, I'll give an example, you know, he, he says you should ask what habits will the use of this technology instill? Yeah. Like what will be the habits that it creates? Mm-hmm. Then he tells you what practices will the use of this technology displace? Like what will I stop right. doing? Right, right. Once I start using this. Like ask the question. Like because of spell check I can no longer spell. Because of contact uh, folders on my phone I don't remember phone numbers. I can remember a phone number from 1991. Yeah. But if you got that number after I got my phone, I don't, I don't know your number by heart. Nope. It's, it, it stops things, it, right? He, he has things like, um, how will this technology affect my experience of time? Mm. Brother, you ever scroll IG and look up and it's two hours later? <laughs> he talks about how will this technology affect my experience of place? Mm. It's like... Uh, the fact that we, and it's not always bad. You just have to consider it. Uh-huh. The fact that we have phones now. Bishop was just talking about his message on Sunday. You don't necessarily see what's around you because you're looking at your phone. Yeah. Yep. Or you use GPS and you never actually learn the directions in your city. Right. You don't actually know where you're going. It's almost amazing to me that we used to drive around and go places with no GPS. Like when we first started driving, country. you just got in your car and like started driving. Right. Let alone in the city. At least cross country, you would pull out the map and go F seven and <laughs> but they'd be like, Hey man, the, the 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 church is over on Joy Road and whatever. And you would get in your car and start you knew Joy Road and you would get in your car and like start driving that general direction. Yeah. But we learned so much more, saw so much more. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily that GPS is inherently bad. It's like, what is this gonna take away? Yeah. At the same time, what what is it giving me? I, I don't we've been talking way too long because I could go through all of these things. But what will the use of this technology encourage me to notice? What will it encourage me to ignore what was required of other human beings so that I might be able to use this technology? All right. You know, what was um, what was required of others creatures? Hmm. Like what happened to the, what animals, what 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 ecosystems, what forests had to be chopped down for me yeah. to do this? And what did it do to the habitats of creatures? God loves. Right. Right. Um, uh, uh, does the use of this technology bring me joy? Right. Oh man, and you—that's a heavy question. That's a heavy everybody's question. Everybody's going to quickly say yes, of course. No, and the statistics will say but, using Facebook and Instagram makes you more depressed. Right. Watching other people's beautiful, yeah, so-called beautiful lives. Does this technology arouse anxiety? You know, like it just—it. I'm going to stop, yeah. but it's a great thing because. Man, if you stopped and asked questions of what IG actually does, mm-hmm. gives you versus what it takes from you, and what good it brings you versus what bad it brings you, yeah, some of us might make very different decisions about it. Hmm. But most of us didn't ask the question before. Now we're hooked. In it's too late because we didn't stop and ask the question. That's why the Bible tells us to walk circumspectly. Yeah, 
not as the unwise do. But in the wise, you understand what the will of the Lord is. And you consider, does this bring me closer to walking in accordance mm -hmm. to the things of God and to the will of God? Or will this inhibit and take me further away from it? And I think that's the questions all of us have to ask. If you're really hooked on online church, ask questions of it. Yeah. And does it understand the will of the Lord? And is this bringing me more in alignment to it? So the cost of convenience, I think... There's a lot of costs, but the primary one is it can inhibit our ability to ask good questions Yeah, and walk circumspectly and carefully. Because if we did ask the right questions, it would stop a lot of the other problems that end up happening. Mm -hmm. We would be less likely to have slave labor right. in other countries making our shoes if we, but we hooked on Jordans. It's too late. When you use, we're hooked on cheap prices. It's too late. Yeah. We've set up lives that require it now. Yeah. So it's that much harder to get in reverse. Yeah. Whereas yeah. if you were able to ask the question before your life became predicated on it. Yep. Being necessary. We would have designed our cities very differently if we knew and stopped and asked the questions about how cars pollute. Like a lot of the ways our cities are designed, they're designed with the expectation of everybody will have cars. Right. Right, right, right. But if we knew what they could potentially end up doing to our environment and things of that nature, cities might have evolved very differently, hmm. you know, or, you know, we talk about our diets and right. that what was eating was meat and things of that nature. If we knew or if yeah. we asked the question and had to get the answer first mm -hmm. before we implemented it, like a lot of people would like with the vaccine. And right. that's how vaccines are normally produced is it takes five or 10 years before medicine hits the market yeah. because they got to they got to answer the questions first before they give it to anybody. But with a lot of other technologies, we get it, yeah. get used to it. I, like I told you, our propensity as humans is to pull a technology close and make it a part of us. Yep. And then we got to start asking questions about it. And it's causing heart failure and it's causing, you know, people to be slaughtering chickens and and and, <laughs> and pigs and cows and inhumane environments and manners. Because yeah. we got to mass produce because it. Because we got to mass produce it. And I yeah. think our diets would have been done very differently, mm -hmm. you know, and they would not be creating the kind of mass suffering of animals, mm -hmm. nor would it be creating the kinds of health impacts that we have yep. if we would have stop and ask the questions and understood first before we implemented. And I believe our world will look much more like God intended it to. And mm. our lives would mm. if we did. Mm. Heavy cost to this convenient thing. Man, it doesn't have to cost you if you're willing to ask the questions first. When everybody yeah. else is taking it and running. Yeah. Like I said, remember, That's you're the same. guy in the field. Yeah. You have to be willing does it seem like he's getting across the field faster? Yes. But you and I have to be the ones that are willing to take a giant step to the right and ask the question of where are the landmines in this field before I even start walking? Where are they? Before I even get on my journey. And like I said, I recall very vividly the start of social media was at the same start of my preaching ministry. And yeah. I said, hold on, y'all. Time out. Now preachers, I said, you, a naked chick is one click away. And now you got preachers getting in trouble for what they liked on social media. And, and like, I, I, I was saying, y'all are stopping and ask some questions first. Yeah. And I'm not saying that it, 
Facebook or MySpace should be shut down. I'm saying we dove in head first. Right, right, right. And we- all I was saying, y'all asked the question. Mm-hmm. And maybe our churches would be stronger now if it wasn't so reliant on social media, but that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> I'm done. All right. All right. Well, I, you know, I'm not going to stop you. I'm done. I'm, you I'm should. A, I'm going to gas you up, if anything. I know, but you should stop me. We've been at this. This is going to be one of our I longest said, episodes, and we thought it was going to be short. I never said this one will be quick, folks. We said it off the record, maybe, <laughs> but we didn't say it on record. <laughs> that being said, uh, as I think I promised to start off that this conversation could touch everybody, and I think we delivered. It had enough. You did set a high bar. Hopefully, it delivered. They're going to have to give us feedback and and, yeah. and tell us if it did. See, and that's uh, let us know if we asked the right questions, as they say. Indeed. <laughs> um, so, really quickly, just for the end of it, though, just a little bit of fun. Uh, as we have turned the foot into football season, and it is uh, now upon us. Yeah. Especially for at the time you're listening to this, you might have already done your fantasy football draft. Or you're getting ready for it. It might be like, I got to hurry up and finish this podcast so I can get my draft on. Uh, you know, how are you feeling about this season coming up in football and just all of this in general? With, uh, the Olympics having just passed. Just It's weird, man. I feel like I have a very different mm. engagement with sports yeah. now. Um, like, I don't feel the emotional investment. I am entertained by them. Mm-hmm. And I still watch the NBA Finals, Yeah, you know, closely. I was rooting for Chris Paul, and my feelings was hurt when that all went down. I thought he was going to get him one. Um, but I feel a total, like, I I can feel the severing of my emotional investment yeah. in it. Like, I, I don't have a desire to mm-hmm. do a fantasy football team. Okay. I haven't watched much of the Olympics, and I used to be the type that could watch anything on the Olympics yeah, and be yeah. like screaming at the TV, you know, for <laughs> yeah. whatever American. Right, right. Maybe inherent in that is maybe I'm not like as geeked about rooting for America <laughs> <laughs> as I have been in the past because, like, See, I remember vividly I, Americans winning. I know, but I think that could be it too. But I also, in the same way, I would root for any American in any sport, but I also kind of just root for any of the blacks. Like, oh, man. Like, you know, Nigeria popped up somewhere, or like the Jamaican sprinters just dusting everybody. Mm-hmm. That would have been ex- more exciting to myself, personally. I root for uh, I root for American blacks. Oh, I'm okay with just all people. It depends. It's in, it's in layers, but uh, I start with yeah, yeah, American yeah. I'm gonna black root, I'm going to root for the American black over the Jamaican black, but if there isn't an American... In the you know, <laughs> then the next black person up. That that's it. I feel you. I'm with that. I'm with that. And I'll put that on record. You know, <laughs> I root for everybody that's black. Cause like there was some uh, black Canadian that dusted uh, us in the sprints. So it's like, how but I was that too busy hating on the fact that an American didn't win. Cause it was <laughs> a black Canadian, I think, in the two hundred. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a black uh, American, uh, French. Oh, person okay. in the hundred. Oh, okay. I think he was from France. Okay. Uh, from some country that doesn't win the 100 meters. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, if they're yeah. not American or Jamaican, they should not <laughs> win the 100 meter dash. But, right, right. you know, but I was too upset that it wasn't an American that won the 100 and 200. Fair but enough. I just feel a very, like, a, 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 a disconnect, disconnect. Yeah. emotionally. I don't feel an emotional investment. Like, I, and that's what I'm saying. And I'm actually amped about the Lions. I don't expect really? results, but I love our product. Justin, I couldn't feel any. I despise everything about. We have a black GM speaking of that. Brother, I know. 
and but as soon as I, I was happy about that until I saw how he celebrated when we made our first pick, <laughs> I was embarrassed and I was immediately off the train. But I'm rooting uh, for him. And then not our head coach, but like our offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, right. running back coach, special like our whole org is black. What's what's our GM's name? I don't know. Whatever his name is. Um, Somebody created a Fugazi account. Yeah, you on that? YouTube that was commenting <laughs> was, on all of our services. For yes. <laughs> Whoever you are, we're still sticking. That was hilarious, clean. man. I thought that was really funny that somebody was was commenting as yeah. the Lions GM. That's hilarious. But, yeah, so I'm I'm of the same way, though, with my uh, fantasy football. I have, I'm have i not so sure if it's going to happen this year or not. Brad Holmes, by the way. Yes, um, Brad Holmes. Yep. Welcome to Detroit, brother. Uh, but yeah, man. So do you think that's an impact from the pandemic? Because you talked about the Olympics in America, but football never. Yeah, you know. no, this is what it is. I honestly, I, so it's funny growing up. My dad wasn't a sports guy. Okay. You know, he, he, he didn't watch mm-hmm. sports and that wasn't his thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't know if I'm evolving into that. <laughs> you did just buy a house and that's what turns you into your parents as they say that right? commercial cracks me up every time man the last one at the airport and they're like show me your tickets and everybody <laughs> like paper tickets and you know my dad man he refused to just do use his phone so I, th- those things are hilarious to me but um oh, but uh, i don't know man I, it okay it's something that maybe has been sped up mm by the pandemic but it's weird i mm. like i don't feel myself caring and michigan football like that used to be something that could get me like tears in my yeah, eyes yeah bro. It, it brings tears to my eye right now and i maybe that's what did it my teams have sucked for a really long time so yeah. why care when your teams are trash yeah the pistons the red wings the tigers michigan been trash so why care maybe that's it could be we've been like the state of Michigan sport is in a bad place. Michigan basketball. Hey, that, that's it. And the Pistons got number one draft pick. Excited, telling you. All right. Well, fair enough. We won't beat up on that too much longer. Just kind of circumspectively seeing as to what happened to our sports, because that was like one you, d- of our- you, you doing fantasy football this year, Justin. We'll see if the invites come. But you're not looking for a league. Nope. That's weird. Why aren't you getting in the fantasy football league, Justin? I'm I'm the same way. Like I'm not vet. Like I'll watch, and then the game ends, and I'm done. Like I have no. Like I'm more vested in my son's baseball than I am any sport. Mm -hmm. Like I get like after they if he has a bad game, I'm like literally like I lost (laughs) out there. That's more of where my vesting in sport is. is His ups and downs. That's real. So, but like watching these millionaires do their thing. Oh, great. I'm done. <laughs> but, folks, we appreciate you staying with us so long here on this episode. We really hope you had a takeaway. Like we said, send us some feedback however you want to on social media. is fine. <laughs> <laughs> and it's been a while since I've reminded you. So just in case you want to use it, conversepasscast at gmail.com is the email. We'll see you next week, folks. We promise we got another good one coming. Until then, though, dope. Watson. Holla at you, bro.